So that was like the first kind of taste that I got of like being the new kid um, in a very big way, obviously. So um, I think just for me, that whole thing is just kind of, you need to go in and you need to just be yourself. And I think all of us really need that um, friendship aspect. And we just need someone to be like, Hey, like, welcome to the team, you know, add you to the group chat or like invite you to, you know, wherever the pregame is before the game. Um, And it just really helps you find your footing because it isn't easy switching from team to team. And I consider myself sociable and, you know, even I struggle, I get so nervous. What gets us through this crazy hockey journey is our amazing community of women. Inspired by our online network, Breaking the Ice is a platform created to connect us even more as we share our stories, our passions, our tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things hockey, and so much more. For hockey expats, buy hockey expats. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. My husband and I just got out of a 10-day quarantine. Quarantine looks a little bit different in Europe than it does in the States. For starters, we were literally not allowed to leave our apartment for 10 days. We could not go to the store. We could not take our dogs outside. And people actually come and check on you to make sure that you're home, (laughs) which is so foreign to us because that does not happen where we're from. We finally got out of our quarantine and Austria just announced that they are going on a lockdown. So from my understanding, that means restaurants and cafes are closed, gyms are closed. You can't be out after I think like 8 p.m. because COVID does not exist before 8 p.m. And I believe you're not allowed to have sporting events. So I think that we can play because we're professional sport, but you're not allowed to play with fans. So whether or not the league is going to continue to do that without fans, that's just another question of this unknown bubble that we're living in right now. I've also heard that France, Italy, Germany, Slovenia, and now Austria. So we're all going on lockdown, and I think it's just going to start becoming kind of a ripple effect. Guys, it has been... A year. And I'm not going to lie, I came on here and I recorded a pre-segment that I deleted because I was honestly ranting for like 15 minutes about what's going on. And I started judging myself. I was like, I don't want to come off as poor me or complaining or this or that. We have to remember that what connects us is making us feel like we're not alone. And to be totally honest, I feel like that fear of mine goes back to me wanting to people please. Like I want everybody to, you know, think this is just all okay and we just have to stay positive together. It's really easy for me to come on here and say, I just want everyone to be healthy. That's just the most important thing. Yes, it is the most important thing. Me coming on here and talking about the struggles of what I personally myself am going through or other people, that's not taking away from the fact that being healthy is the most important thing. 
I think like so many people recently have asked, how are you doing? And my ultimate response is hanging in there because that's how it feels. I guess what I'm trying to say is I just want to come on here and be real with you guys. Like I don't want to sugarcoat the way that I'm feeling because I, I hope that it resonates with you. And just to let you know that your frustrations are so valid. It honestly doesn't matter if you've had a huge life event that's been affected by this or or not. We are all affected by this in some way, shape, or form. I was so sad. I was reading the Facebook group and someone said the AHL was postponed. For example, someone said they were going to get a house, but now they can't do that because they're not receiving an income right now, which affects them getting a loan. Like people's lives are literally getting turned upside down right now. I think I have this thought every single day of like, when is this going to end? My husband and I went out to dinner last night and we were just so sad sitting there. Like we just looked miserable because we were just thinking to ourselves like, when is this going to stop? Like, when is there going to be an end to this? Like, how long are we going to be living like this? Like, a year from now, where we're having to cancel all this stuff. I know that a lot of you guys can relate to this, regardless of what kind of situation you're in. So many of us have not seen our families in so long. Like, I haven't seen my parents since March. I haven't seen my siblings since 2019, because last season we had to rush home when COVID hit. We couldn't see anyone. So for me personally, a really hard pill to swallow has been that my parents can't meet my new baby until he's three or four months old. I am so fortunate and blessed with such an amazing group of girls here. They've been checking in on me, making sure I'm okay, you know, offering help once the baby's here, which I appreciate so much. But I just want to say that just because I do have that here that doesn't take away from the fact that my parents won't meet my baby for three to four months, right? Like, I think it's more so a battle with ourselves. Like, we feel like we have to stay positive and look on the bright side. And yeah, I'm sure that makes things a lot easier. But we're also allowed to feel, to feel sad and to feel frustrated. I'm so grateful to be pregnant. I'm so grateful to have a healthy baby. But this has not been an ideal time to be pregnant. There's been a lot of disappointing and hard testing times for myself. Even speaking about this right now, it's like I feel self-conscious. Like I feel like someone could be listening and going through something a million times worse and being like, oh, well, poor you. Like this is what I'm going through. And it's not like I'm not doing this to be poor me or for sympathy. Like I just honestly hope it resonates with someone and lands with someone because things are hard right now. Like there's people that have to postpone their weddings, which is such a special time to with your partner to plan this beautiful day and to have that taken away from you and like postponing it. And, you know, even having those thoughts of, will this even happen summer 2021? Will things be better by then? Same thing with funerals, you know, like my grandmother passed away a couple months ago and they weren't able to have a funeral for her. Of course, I wouldn't have been able to fly back for it, unfortunately, but just not even having those options. You know, it's like we, as humans, mental health is so important. I feel like a lot of people have been struggling with this, but feeling like they have to be 
positive. Last week when we had to quarantine, I really had like a panic attack, just like full disclosure, because it might seem like something so small, but you know, Charlie and I had a baby moon finally booked that we had to cancel before. And I was really looking forward to it, just kind of like our last time, the two of us to go to the mountains. We were going to do like a little spa hotel and just relax before the baby comes in a few weeks. And we had to cancel it because they had to reschedule things during our break. And I just lost it because I started just, I mean, it all came crashing down. I started spiraling. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like, why am I here? Like I can't, my family's not around. Like we don't have help. Just this whole situation has been so stressful being pregnant over here. Like I want to leave, but I'm too pregnant that I can't leave. And it's like, oh, like I started just feeling so trapped. You know, I don't want to go on and on about this. So I guess to kind of wrap it up again, I just want to say like, I just wanted to come on here and be real with you guys. Regardless of your situation, whether you think it's minor or a big deal, you are allowed to be frustrated and sad and mad. (laughs) It's, we're human. We don't need to put on a show all the time that everything's okay. So I hope that, again, that this just resonates with someone. And my hopes are, you know, that we can all lean on each other during this time. So switching gears, (laughs) thank the Lord, right? I am excited to introduce my guest for today. So my guest is Brittany English, and she and her husband, she revealed on the podcast that they actually got married. So happy for her. They have been the new kids on the team several times. And even though she's super social and outgoing, she admits that it's still nerve-wracking going somewhere new. And she really shares some great advice on what works for her. Her husband's also a goalie, and she tells us about what it's like being married to a goalie and how it's different than the other positions. And we also chat about all things Stanley Cup. So her husband was up in Tampa as the third goalie and they and Tampa wound up, as we know, winning the Stanley Cup. She shares all the deets about what actually went on with families being allowed in the bubble and why the girls all stuck by each other and chose to watch the finals back in Tampa. We talk about all of the postseason festivities and what it was like being a part of this once in a lifetime experience. So I hope this episode just kind of takes your mind off of things and really brings you a little bit of light in your day. She was so just down to earth. So fun to talk to. When people are down to earth, that's honestly like one of my favorite qualities in someone. So I just feel like I've known her forever and I hope you enjoy this episode. Brittany, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm so excited to chat with you and get to know you more. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like we've been like sending each other love from afar for a while. So it's nice (laughs) to finally like come on here and chat with you. I know. I feel the same way. And (laughs) as you know, we usually start off talking about your hockey story and experience a little bit, just where you're from Mm -hmm. and who you are. So Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am from Toronto, Ontario. Um, I grew up in a small town called Uxbridge, but there's actually like lots of hockey players um, past and present that live there. So it's got a real hockey feel to it. Um, 
I grew up in a hockey family and um, I went to the University of Ottawa, uh, dated a couple football players actually. So <laughs> I had no intention of dating a hockey player. Uh, but then I met uh, my fiance, Scott Wedgwood, um, and he's from Brampton, Ontario, um, just west of the city. So we're staying there now. Um, we're hot off of our two weeks of mandatory quarantine um, because we were in the States in Tampa for a while. Um, but obviously, you know, Canada's handling things very strictly. So we 100% complied and um, we were going a little bit stir crazy. But now that we're out of quarantine, there's really not much that we can do because restaurants have been shut down again here. Um, but, you know, lots of dog walks and uh, we're just trying to see family before we head back to our place in the States um, in Michigan that hasn't been lived in in about four months because both of us left when Scott left for the bubble in Canada. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's just, it's been a whirlwind of a few months. Yeah. And congratulations, by the way, that is so amazing. And I know that we're going to talk about that a little bit further on, but oh gosh, what a huge accomplishment and so exciting just to be a part of that whole experience. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, it was incredible. And um, it was just, um, yeah, I know we'll talk about it later, but Scott was um, the third goalie. So he was, his job was basically um, to, you know, be there. Um, and if anything happened to the starter or the backup goalie, um, be ready to go in. And um, it, it was, it was an amazing experience to be a part of. And like he said to me, he was like, I, it was a little bit of imposter syndrome, I think for him, like we're in the terms that he was like, I don't know if I really deserve this, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, you were practicing so hard every single day and, you know, practice getting worked even harder just in case anything happened. So I think for him, it was coming to terms with the fact that like, I do deserve this. And like, he's still so, you know, in the middle, if not like the early stages of his career. So like to be able to say that he was part of the Stanley cup um, celebrations and the victory so early on when some guys never do it, I was like, take the victory, right? Like you were a part of it. So <laughs> I've, I've just learned so much about imposter syndrome in the, in the recent months, you know, and I think that that's something too. That I feel like it's on like social media and stuff. Like I've been reading about it. I'm like, Oh, I feel like a lot of people probably experience it. I, I guess I've never really thought about it from a hockey standpoint because I would never think that someone might feel that way, but it's so true. I think you know, I, I feel sad that he feels that way because they obviously all work so hard and that's awesome that he was able to, to go and have that experience, even though I'm sure it was hard for you guys to be apart for a bit, but so worth it, right? Oh, completely. Yeah. So you told me a little bit about how <laughs> he's <laughs> and how you would all the time that he was in another <laughs> position, which literally made me laugh out loud. Will you tell me about how it yeah. is? it's so yeah it's so funny because I say it to his face like I I guess when we were first dating you know I it was okay I was just kind of swept up you know in the, this whole new lifestyle but like and you know just trying to be supportive of him but now that obviously you know we're so far into our relationship we can be candid and literally like all the time and I tell the girls on every team that we've been with I'm like guys I'm so jealous of you because <laughs> like and I hate I hate I, I said to Scott I hate sounding like a whiny baby because I'm like he signed up for this job you know like he went into it knowing full well what being a goalie is but for me like 
I didn't sign. I'm like, can I go back and like just date like a forward or a defenseman, or just <laughs> anyone else, a ref? Um, but no. So um, yeah, it's basically it's every game that I'm at. Um, I can never fully enjoy myself because you know the worst case scenario obviously is if he's playing bad and the team's playing bad. Obviously, worst case for him, his stats are just going way down. I'm like, oh my god. Um, but then you know sometimes he could be playing amazing, but the team just you know isn't meshing well in front of him, and then his stats will still go down. And then you know if there's a game where he's doing great, I'm like oh my God, like nobody say shut out. Nobody say shut out. It's like the, to jinx it. Um, and even, you know, some games will be so close to the point where like the girls will all be talking about stuff. And I'm just kind of like, you know, nodding my head, like laughing and kind of, but I'm not really there. I'm just like, please, please, please. Right. Sometimes like a player will be going down the ice and like, I'll just like turn my head and like, I'll have weird superstitious stuff where like, it'll work one game where like, if I turn my head, they won't score but then yeah I mean it's it is tough um and I think obviously you know he's he loves his position he actually started um as a defenseman and made the switch when he was 11 so at at that point obviously he's old enough you know to have made his own decision and to have loved being a goalie um so yeah I I support him but um there's just like so many other things that I didn't think about um, that comes along with being a goalie. Like I played hockey um, growing up, actually. Um, I was a center and a left winger. And um, one of my best friends to this day, she was the goalie for our team. And like, you know, we had a bad game. I'd be like, oh man, like she had a really rough game. That <laughs> and now I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, if I flub on the puck, it doesn't matter. Right. But if she does, it's a goal. So it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, I, I don't think a lot of people really think about it until, you know, they are one or they know someone who is one. Uh-huh. And I feel like it's so much pressure. Right. And also I did, oh my gosh, someone is honking outside. I'm sorry. <laughs> But living in an apartment in a foreign country, it's like you never know what's going on outside. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like when, I don't know, like you all obviously are going to like watch your significant other when they're on the ice. And then it's like for the rest of us, we get a little break, right? They go off the ice, they have shifts, mm-hmm. but your mm-hmm. fiance is literally always on the ice. So like, that's probably yeah. stressful for yeah. you the entire game. completely and you know especially too um we've been fortunate um in that I think since we've been dating which is um you know we've been together almost four years now I think the games that I've been at at least he's only been pulled twice and obviously being pulled before knowing you know what goes on like I'm like oh my gosh the goalie stinks but sometimes it's just like they get a couple quick goals like he's not on his game other times it's like he's playing great but the coach is like you know what we'll save his stats like there's so many things that go into that but like the the first few games that I was at where he was pulled I'm like oh my god the world is ending like I, he's gonna be so grumpy later don't talk to him and then like sometimes he'll come off and be like, yeah you know it was you know tough but whatever so I think um, when they get to that level and they've been playing all their lives, you know, I think the best goalies anyway, they need to just be able to shake it off. Whereas like for me, I'm like, okay, let's pack up. We're leaving. <laughs> like that mm-hmm. was embarrassing. I know it's probably but, hard for you to tell when he's like after a game, right. When they come up mm-hmm. and it's like, mm, how's he feeling? Yeah. <laughs> he, and even like be feeling good or, you know, it's like, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even some of the, some of the like games where, 
we've actually like the teams won and it, like, you know, it's a good game. He'll be like, I didn't feel that great out there. And then there's games where like he, you know, has gotten so many shots and like, you know, a bunch of them have gone in, but like the shot counts up in like the forties or fifties. And he's like, Oh my God, I felt unreal. So it's kind of like a catch 22. Like it's just, you never know what you're going to get. And um, yeah, so it, I mean, it definitely keeps things interesting, but um, yeah, there's so many components of it. And there's like, no jobs in the league for goalies right now there's just there's so few positions for them so it's it's definitely competitive so yeah I I 100 Mm -hmm. definitely wish he was another position but (laughs) no he's he's phenomenal at what he does and I think you know any guy once they turn pro like you have to be so amazing at your job to be there and you know sometimes guys don't have the best seasons and sometimes teams aren't meshing well but yeah I said like once you get up there like you're elite so I'm proud of him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's sweet. And can you explain, like, do you, how is it different, his stats versus the, you know, forwards and defensemen stats? Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, just from talking to the girls, like I feel like, and obviously with you too, um, I feel like you guys are, it's like a plus minus kind of thing. So like whether you're on the ice for a goal or you're on the ice, you know, for a goal against your team. Um, mm-hmm. But for him, it's like, if a shot goes in, um, instead of it being like, you know, 100% of the saves, it'll go down to like nine something. And then if another one goes in, it'll be in the low nines. Then if another one goes in, it might be in the eights. And that just accumulates throughout the season um, to the point where at the end of it, they kind of add it up. And like one season, he might be, you know, in the low nines, one season, he might be in the high eights. It's, it's really kind of like foreign math almost, but um Yeah. And then obviously over his total career, you have kind of like a total, I think for the NHL, for the AHL, they give you like a total um, save percentage, but it's, it's tough in the sense that it does play in for them to their contract. So no one, and which is unfortunate because no one really, you know, and obviously I don't know how they could do this, but no one follows the guys around to the games and says, you know, Oh, they played really well this game, even though they got three goals against or, Oh, this guy was on fire tonight, but he let in four goals it's just so by the numbers for them which is unfortunate because Scott um, has had some really good you know touches and really good seasons but sometimes the numbers don't reflect that so Mm -hmm. and that's completely like how their salary is based like and so it's just it's it's definitely tough and I'm still learning about it to this day but yeah it's um (laughs) it's not easy (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say, I, how long did that take you to to learn all of that? Because I feel like that's just it's confusing a little bit, and I I'm still confused about things with hockey. I think I know what I'm talking about, and then I'll say it to my husband. He's like, "No, that's not what happened." I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, "Okay, I know, <laughs> I know." I'm so that's where like I'm kind of like so thankful that I grew up playing hockey because most of the stuff I understand. But yeah, oh, that's right. are just. Yeah foreign they're so foreign to me like I did not you know my brother played hockey my dad myself and like you're just like oh it's another player on the ice but it's like no it's a whole different ball game for them and you know even Scott says like even some you know people that are goalie coaches and some people that are goalies like they're still learning stuff every day so it's just their job you know is completely to stop a goal like they're not going to score a goal they're stopping the pucks so it's just yeah I and what made him want to choose that as a career absolutely baffles me because like, <laughs> there is no way I'm letting someone shoot the puck at me but yeah they say goalies are a little bit of a different breed um 
and yeah I like him he's he is a little bit of a weirdo so hey that's those are the best kinds of people right like if you're not weird exactly. I don't even know if I want to be friends with you exactly oh my god I know I think he's like I think both of us have made each other I guess that just happens right in a relationship especially you know you know and I know being in quarantine like I feel a little bit weirder than I normally am right now <laughs> being stir crazy and stuck inside with another person and animals <laughs> that'll do it exactly Exactly. So you talked a little bit about to me beforehand, just how you've Mm -hmm. been the new kid to two teams many times due to trades, contracts, up and down. Will you just tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit about your experience with that? Yeah, of course. Um, So yeah, that was like the main reason I think why I wanted to come on the podcast because um, right from the get go, um, I've been the new kid on most teams and um, you know, I'm so friendly and open and sociable. Um, You know, in high school, I didn't really have a set friend group. I was just friends with everyone. Um, And I just, I really try to just make everyone feel welcome. Um, And I'm so fortunate that most of my hockey experiences um, have been that way. But it is really tough and it is really intimidating. Um, When I always call myself Scott's bad luck charm because like to give you just a brief rundown, um, he signed with um, the New Jersey Devils um, and he was with them for five, the first five years of his career, which is amazing to stay with an organization that long. And then it was like the first kind of fall season of our relationship. We started dating um, early 2017. So this would have been like the beginning of the fall season in 2017. And I was kind of obviously new to the hockey world and it was I think one of my first times visiting him um the farm team for New Jersey um the previous season they were in Albany New York but this season they had just relocated to Binghamton New York and I had booked a bus ticket I think it was a Thursday night so I booked a bus ticket for the Friday um to go see him in Albany and I was obviously super nervous hadn't met any of the girls before um bags were packed. And it was actually funny. Um, A friend of mine messaged me on Snapchat, um, a friend from Ottawa, and he was at the Senators game, the Ottawa Senators, and they were, I guess, playing New Jersey that night. And he's like, they're talking about your boyfriend on TV right now. And I was like, oh, really? Like, what are they saying? He's like, oh, well, the starting goalie just got hurt. So they're calling him up. I was like, what the hell? Scott didn't even tell me this. Like, I'm finding out through this, like, acquaintance on Snapchat. And then sure enough, (laughs) Sure enough, like two minutes later, Scott texts me. He's like, see if you could change your bus ticket. Like we're going to New Jersey. And I was like, okay. So, I mean, luckily Jersey isn't too far away from Binghamton. Like it's not like, you know, Vancouver to Utica, New York, right? Like I know some teams are crazy far apart. So um, I was actually able to uh, change my Greyhound ticket um, instead of New York to um, Newark where um, Jersey um, is based out of. And I spent... 10 hours on a bus that night. Um, But, you know, I, the first little while that we were dating, um, I didn't want him to pay for anything. I was like, no, I'm independent. I can, I can do this myself. So it was, it was definitely my choice to sit on that bus. But like, after that, I was like, I'm never doing that again. Um, (laughs) Especially on a night bus too. Like we, I remember getting to the border and it was like, 2am and they made us all get off the bus to like go talk to the agents individually right and I had I had my story straight obviously I'm like I'm going to see my boyfriend he got called up to the New Jersey Devils but then there's other people on the bus where you're like 
like you can tell they're just being given a tough time and I'm like oh my god please just let this night end (laughs) um but anyway so then um it was amazing we probably got I know you know you hear horror stories about some girls that like you know luckily I hadn't I wasn't already on my way to Binghamton like I hadn't left yet so luckily everything went okay I got to Jersey and we spent probably about a week there um just in the hotel right beside the rink and um we were driving I think to the mall or something that day and his agent called us and he's like um I think you're gonna get traded and Scott was like oh my god like where at and so I think it was um Vegas Pittsburgh and Arizona were in the mix and so obviously this was amazing because we're talking NHL and Scott was just on a call-up so Scott's like oh my gosh like this will you know be kind of like my big break and so then sure enough the next day um, his agent called and he's like you're getting traded to Arizona and we were like oh my god like amazing blah 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 so that night he had a game in New Jersey and Arizona was playing New Jersey. And so he literally showed up to his home rank and walked to the visitor's side of the arena and like got dressed in Arizona's jerseys to play New Jersey oh, on no. his new team. So it was, it was like such a surreal experience, but the best part of that night for me was the ladies um, on New Jersey because I had only met them a few nights prior and they were all so sweet when we met they're like oh my gosh I'm so happy for Scott like it's great that he's getting a shot and so I was kind of nervous going to the rink that night I'm like oh my gosh I just met them like they don't really have any obligations like to really you know sit with me or whatever and um, a few of them were like oh my gosh yeah like come sit with us again so it was it was definitely a little bit weird because like I think even the first goal like I was still cheering for New Jersey and I was like oh crap like other team now but um yeah they that was like one of the best experiences that I think just shows like how welcoming you know ladies can be and it just it made my whole experience there and then from there um Scott went to Arizona um the ladies were amazing there as well um we spent that whole time up at the NHL and then right at the end of that season we were traded to LA so that was two trades in within like a very obviously short time period. Um, so that was like the first kind of taste that I got of like being the new kid um, in a very big way, obviously. So um, I think just for me, that whole thing is just kind of, you need to go in and you need to just be yourself. And I think all of us really need that um, friendship aspect and we just need someone to be like hey like welcome to the team you know add you to the group chat or like invite you to you know wherever the pregame is before the game Um, and it just really helps you find your footing because it isn't easy switching from team to team and I consider myself sociable and you know even I struggle I get so nervous. You don't really understand the concept of community at first, right? Like, I mean, I for sure didn't. When I got into this lifestyle, I was like, oh, cool, whatever. You know, like you, I didn't know much about it. And then it's like, once the girls kind of take you in, you're like, oh, this is what this is like. Like, this is a community. This is like, the girls are part of the team. The guys are part of the team. And it's so important, especially because so many of us are moving around all the time to have that and to like extend you know, a helping hand if someone's new and they don't know what they're doing or 
reaching out, just asking someone to go get coffee or go to the game, you know, and it just, it, it makes you feel so good when that happens. And I'm, I'm so happy that your first experience was like that. Yeah, no, yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better one. Um, it was amazing. And like, I think too, there's just something I remember, um, you know, going into all these new teams, you're kind of like, you go to the game and like, sometimes you're lucky where like, um, I think a few teams that we've been on Scott's been like, Oh, I know this guy. So like the girlfriend, he'll tell his girlfriend to like, kind of look out for me, but there's somewhere like, I haven't known anyone. And it's kind of like, you stand at the game and there's a group of girls and you know that just by looking at them, that they're the wives and girlfriends. And you're just kind of like, all right, if they're not coming up to me, I got to put my big girl pants on. So you kind of just walk up. Like, I, I think I did that um, the following season when we signed with Buffalo. Um, we were with their AHL team most of the season this time. And I definitely saw the group of girls and I kind of just like poked my head. And I'm like, hey, are you guys? And they're like, oh, hi, like blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I mean, you know, it is definitely great to have someone that you, you know, know or someone that reaches out because it does take a little bit of the pressure off of you in that sense, obviously. And um, we were with Syracuse and uh, Tampa this past season. And I have to say that Syracuse was like, hands down, my favorite group of girls. Like, I don't know, I think some years it just kind of like clicks and like everyone's just there were there were no like mini clicks within the group um everyone it was like everyone was invited to everything and girls were right in the group chat be like I need to get my nails done today does anyone want to come and it would be like open to everyone um and then it makes you want to do stuff too like I think I hosted a bunch of like wine and cheese nights and you know stuff when the guys are gone um so obviously when the season was cut short in March I was like of course like this is my favorite group like it was sad but yeah it's it's really nice when um and when there is a lot of girlfriends too like we I think most of the guys had girlfriends at that point so yeah it was it was a really good season my husband actually played in Syracuse as well and the girls are so nice yeah, yeah. I wonder if there was any because he played um like around 2015, 2016. Yeah, I think so. He was signed. He signed for two seasons, give or take. Um, right. Right. But yeah, it's like I mean, obviously, like there's new girls coming in and out all the time. But it of was. Course. I mean, they were so nice. Like I, I honestly had no idea what to expect. Like I didn't live there, so I was just long distance. But right. I would fly out, and I really was like, okay, well, I'm going to the game by myself. Like this is how I get here and whatever. And they were so welcoming. There's a wives room, which is so nice. And just like food and drinks and stuff for kids. (sighs) Yeah. I just, yeah, I think that's just such a good organization to be a part of. It was, yeah, it was amazing. We, we loved and Scott like loved all the guys there. Um, He's like, kind of like, I feel like he's like the nerdy, like, I feel like there's a few like kind of not stereotypes, but just like profiles that the guys fit into. And he's like the nerdy kind of gamer type that just like (laughs) loves like a wine and cheese night. And I feel like there were a lot of guys that were similar in that. So they all just kind of hit it. Like they weren't going to be partying their faces off. Like they're like, Oh, like who's doing wine and cheese tonight. And you know, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he would be like on, you know, whatever the game would end, the guys would all race home to go on like Fortnite together. So yeah, it was, I think just like all around, like people were, it was, it was a really good group this past year. So yeah, I couldn't have, you know, asked for like a better team, I guess, especially after just moving around so much. But yeah, I, I think just in terms of being the new kid, it's just, it's all about just 
being open and being yourself. Cause I feel like sometimes, um, I'd go in and you want to be relatable. You want to be funny, but like, you don't want to be too weird, even though, like we said, all of us are weird. So it's just, I think all of us are in the same boat at that point. Like we're just trying to be relatable. And it's like, you know what, just you're, there's going to be people that you get along better with. And there's going to be people, you know, who like vice versa. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, it's all of us just with this podcast in general, all of us have the same journey. So if someone's there to extend a hand, it makes it a million times better. That was beautifully put. Like it's, it's so true. <laughs> and I think like we all try to be on our best behavior when we're meeting someone for right? the first time, right? Like it's like, yeah, you're oh, trying to be like you? funny and relatable. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're just like calm and normal. And then it's like, okay, yeah. to know me. And then now I'm like, Exactly. You're yeah, like, you're like you're like, oh, I can't get too wine drunk tonight. And then by yeah. the end of the season, you're like, woo, my girls. Yeah. <laughs> you let your guard down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I'm curious because so when Charlie did up and down, it was between the ECHL mm-hmm. and the AHL. So like obviously in the ECHL, yes. they cover your housing and I think if you you don't have a significant other, they kind of like filter guys throughout different apartments. So you don't have to worry about that. But I know in the AHL, you have to pay for your own apartment and I'm assuming NHL is the same. So how does Mm -hmm. that work with leases and stuff like that? Oh boy. Yeah. We've been in some like interesting situations like that first um, season um, that I was with Scott, like the first whole, whole season. um, Yeah. So he had a place in Binghamton and then he got called up to Jersey and obviously traded to Arizona from there. So we had a place in Binghamton and when he got traded, I, he, he was flying, I think, uh, Arizona had a game in Detroit or something the next night. So he flew out with the team and I was just in Jersey with his car. So he's like, would you be able to pack up my car and like drive back into Canada with all the stuff from our Binghamton apartment so that, you know, we can get out of there. Um, and I think for the most part, what, um, he does, I'm, we kind of have like a system now. I like wherever we're playing, I like find the condos in the city that I most want to live in. And he goes and checks them out. Like once he gets, um, you know, done with camp and everything. So at that point, I think he, what he tries to do now, just because we know how unpredictable um, this, you know, whole lifestyle is, is we try and go for places that have like flexible leases so he's like super honest with them he's like you know I could get traded at any point um it has you know we have shot ourselves in the foot sometimes because I think a lot of places like they make you sign for at least a few months right because they'd be stupid just to let you go month to month mm-hmm. um so yeah we've we've definitely lost out on you know a bunch of rent money but I think for the most part um a lot of places and especially a lot of like places that we are the hockey market is so you know, big and it's, it's such a part of the community that they're understanding. But I mean, even now, like Scott left, he left to go to Tampa because they did like their little camp in Tampa before they obviously went and started mm-hmm. playing. Um, so he left at the end of June and our place, I, I came home myself um, to spend some time with family in Toronto. Um, so our place in Michigan has been sitting there since you know, beginning of July. So we haven't lived there for almost four months now. So we're just like, man, 
if we had known how far you were going to go, we could have made some mad, just like, you know, rented a yeah. home. But then Scott's like, yeah, or we could have been out first round and we wouldn't have had a place. <laughs> yeah, true. I know but, it's so hard to yeah. prepare, right? It's like, I know how that yeah. is. We have a house back home and it's just like, okay, so what time period? Like, what if this season ends early, then where are we supposed to go? And I think that's when you lean on family, right? But it's just, Completely. it's so hard to tell. And like, how do you guys get furniture for both places, especially if you're getting traded <laughs> so many times in a short period of time? I think we probably bankroll U-Haul, like, to be honest, and like, we bankroll like the moving companies around, especially around like upstate New York. We've been around there a lot lately. We have, so when we were traded to Arizona, um, it was looking really good. Um, so they said, like, get a place. And um, we were actually really fortunate there um, in that um, a guy who was one of the owners of like a big furniture store there. He was a huge Coyotes fan. So he got us this really nice furniture for like half price. So we actually ended up buying most of our furniture then because we literally saved 50% on it. So we pretty much have like enough furniture to furnish like a three bedroom house if we were to get <laughs> one. But we just, we just find like, you know, condos are easier right now while we don't have kids. Um, so anyways, so we've got our furniture and we, we don't even rent. Like we kind of debated renting because a bunch of obviously the guys that you know Scott plays with they're like oh dude like rent it's so much easier so basically we kind of just have I think like a permanent storage unit in Michigan because that's where we spend our summers um that has our stuff and then wherever we go for the season we take our furniture and yeah I mean the odd time that we're traded it's like you know we we actually try to move ourselves most times um because you know Scott's like my dad like he's very like not frugal but he's just like oh, I'm gonna move myself if I can so um yeah he's good he's got those dad tendencies coming in hot so um so yeah we uh we try and move ourselves a lot but then there's times where he obviously has to go right away and um I'll stay around and then you know we'll have a few guys come and move us out so yeah it's I mean you know as you know and as all the girls know it's just it's like a circus all the time like totally. <laughs> you never really get off the carousel I don't think <laughs> oh no I it's yeah exactly that's exactly what it is do you guys have a contract for next year we do yeah um so actually it's really exciting this year um it was a little bit nerve-wracking so we got home from Tampa and we were in a mandatory um, by our Canadian government two-week quarantine. So it was kind of good um, in the sense that we didn't have anything else to do, but it made contract negotiations for, we were on a contract year. Um, so it made negotiations really um, even more stressful this year because we didn't have anything to kind of like take our minds off of it. So, and we knew that this year, especially with COVID, um, you know, and who knows what's going on. I know the NHL is 100% going to start, but us being up and down, we do spend a lot of time in the AHL and he is that third goalie. So like, we're going to be affected by whatever, you know, the league decides this year. Mm -hmm. And so we were kind of just like, okay, what's going to happen? Like, and then looking at the goalie market, you're looking around at some teams and there's like, two starting goalies that are a starting goalie and a backup goalie for a team and you're looking around and you're like the competition is really stiff this season um there's not a lot of guys retiring and there's a lot of really good younger guys that are you know making their way up so it's kind of like for those guys in the middle like Scott it's getting tougher and tougher to get a job so and especially with COVID cutting the season short right like he should have had a few more months to hopefully you know make his numbers even better 
Um, so then our next hope was being up with Tampa. We're like, oh, you know, maybe he'll get in a game or something. But obviously, if you're starting goalies doing well, keep him playing. So, um, yeah, so it was just really um, we weren't sure what was going to happen. Um, so we there were a few teams that were interested, which was good because we're like we heard that some goalies were going over to Europe. And, you know, Scott's just like, I we like, could we be in Europe this year? Like, I, I don't know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we had bites from a couple teams um, and one of them was New Jersey again. And they'd actually been interested in him um, a few seasons prior um, and so it was one of those things where it's almost like, you know, you're kind of like, oh, you traded me. But at the same time, um, they traded him because at that point they didn't have a spot for him in their lineup and Arizona did. He was fully in the NHL that season. So it wasn't like they were trading trading him because they hated him, right? They wanted to kind of give him an opportunity that he wouldn't have had there. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, yeah, they were interested in him this season and Scott's just kind of like, you know what, like we've been around the carousel um there's a few other teams that were interested and obviously they're I always push for the places with like the best weather I'm like go here here." (laughs) Um, yes so so of course like uh state New York for their AHL team and you know Newark New Jersey I'm like okay so we're definitely going to be in snow again but um yeah I think for him it's almost it almost felt like going home so we ended up signing with them this season and um, I, I, he's just been like on cloud nine since we've re-signed because for him, it's like everyone in the organization loved him. They treated him well. Um, the fans really got a chance to know him there too. So I think in that sense, like he's, he's really excited to go back because there is that sense of um, famili- familiarity and loyalty there. Yeah, that's so exciting. Congratulations. I know it's like so stressful, especially this summer (laughs) sitting here waiting for contracts and Oh my god. Yeah, Yeah. like no one knows what's happening with the hockey season. I think, you know, even people that are in the middle of the season, like us over in Europe, it's just there's no way to tell is this gonna keep going on? Is this gonna stop? Is this you know, because you just hear so much and there's rumors and all this stuff. I know I heard something about the NHL saying they might try to do a bubble again when the season starts mm-hmm. back up. Have you heard that? Yeah, I've heard that. I feel, And it's so funny just talking to like the other um, girls and like, you know, girlfriends that I have around the league because um, we've been with so many teams. So I feel like I've got like l- girls, you know, from so many, you know, AHL, NHL, doesn't matter what. <laughs> you got the insider and scoop. All of us- <laughs> Right. Yeah. And all of us just have heard such like, I feel like the rumors are just crazy. Like some girls like, yeah, like there's going to be like three bubble cities. And I'm like, well, Frank, should I just live in Canada this year then with my family? Like if you're just going to be in a bubble the whole time, I don't need to live in, you know, the States again. Um, But yeah, I did hear that the NHL was thinking of doing that. And um, I was even saying to Scott, I wonder if they would even do something similar to the situation in Tampa where like, obviously the NHL needs their call-ups. So I wonder if they'll take, you know, Scott as a third goalie, a few forwards and defensemen and just have them practice with New Jersey. Because obviously, you know, I I think the AHL would have to happen, obviously for the NHL to happen. But I mean, at the very least, they're going to need some extra players. So yeah, I mean, we don't even know where we're going to be living. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know what, at least the whole world, you know, is just kind of all of us are confused right now. Yeah, we're all in it together, right? (laughs) Yeah. Do you guys have a start date? No, (laughs) no, not that I've heard of anyway. Yeah, so yeah, TBD. Um, we're we're like in um, talking with um, New Jersey right now because we Scott needs his um, 
contract um, so that he can, well, he has his contract, but he needs his um, green, like the green card and the paperwork for it. Um, Cause we started our uh, process earlier this year, but now um, with all the stuff that's going on, it's taking obviously longer. And so he needs his P1 to allow him to play in the States. Um, so we don't even know when we're even going to be going to the States. So our place in, because um, both of our visas expire the 31st of this month. So we're like, should we hot tail it back on the 30th just so that we get into the States? Or, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's all part of the life, I guess. Have you had any issues just because you guys aren't married yet getting a, do you need a green card if you're Canadian as a fiance, girlfriend, or are you, yeah. or do you go back and forth? So actually, um, we didn't post about it, but we are married. Oh, yay. <laughs> um, I don't have to put yeah, this in if yeah. that's like a secret. <laughs> Just let me know. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you can put it in. I think, I think it's kind of cute. Like it's not, it's not a secret, um, but we just, we're not like really, you know, going around telling everyone. Congratulations. Um, but a lot of people, thank you. Yeah. A lot of um, people uh, obviously in the hockey world and, you know, our friends and family know um, I just like, I was kind of going back and forth and I was like, you know what, I'm such a traditional person um, with marriage that I just didn't really want like to post about it. And it just, it would kind of seem real at that point. So I was like, let's just kind of, we won't post about it. It's also not a secret, but yeah, it's, um, we actually um, got married March 9th. Um, and the league shut down March 12th. So like we fully spent like the first, so our marriage breakdown thus far has been quarantine bubble <laughs> and now living with uh, our parents. So, oh like, no. <laughs> least like newlywed, like it's just, yeah, it's, but you know what? I'm like, it's so funny. And I've, there's actually a few girls, um, in the hockey world that I keep in contact with that have also gotten married. Um, for the same reason, you know, I call it a green card marriage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, literally it's, it's cheaper to apply together. It's easier to apply together. Um, we knew we were, you know, we were engaged. We were going to get married anyway. So yeah, we just decided to do it. Um, we went to this justice of the peace's house in Syracuse during the season. <laughs> and I was so excited, you know, the girls, like they're all like, Oh my gosh, congrats. And then like, there wasn't even an opportunity to see them after because like three days later the league got shut down they didn't even have a game so it was just like oh but um but yeah it's uh so definitely it it's funny because like I kind of got my wish like because the world is so weird right now it does not even feel like we're married so <laughs> well I feel like in this hockey life too there's no newlywed phase no <laughs> like absolutely not there's never like it's just constant chaos so how could you have a normal first year of marriage ever absolutely I know I'm like it's okay we can tell our kids we're like yeah we went like straight into quarantine then your dad went into the bubble for three months then we lived with our parents um, <laughs> trying to see them before we go back to the states so yeah it's just um yeah, it's crazy, but what is it? <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. Okay, so I would love to talk about the Stanley Cup Finals, and I just want to hear, I want to hear it all. Like, what was that okay. like for you, for the group of girls? I know you guys all hung back and watched the, the finals together. <laughs> yes, I have, and I was listening to, like, previous podcasts, too, um, and I know that the girls had, like, it's kind of cool because it's, like, you know, up-to-date information about, like, what was going on with the bubble so 
that literally, oh my gosh, it was just a plethora of misinformation and confusion about the, like the bubble in Edmonton, because the biggest thing on everyone's minds was our family um, and, you know, wives and girlfriends allowed to go. Mm -hmm. So basically they allowed us to go into the bubble, but what they wanted us to do, like they were trying, I don't think they were trying to make it impossible, but obviously like the Canadian government is handling things so strictly. So what they wanted us to do was get three negative COVID tests, all 48 hours apart within a seven day period. So basically every second day, and that has to be leading up to like the the seventh day or the eighth day. That's when you get on the private charter and go to Edmonton. So Fortunately, um, myself, um, there's, you know, Toronto's such a big um, market for hockey players. So there were enough um, people on uh, Tampa that lived in the Toronto vicinity that there was going to be a private charter there. Um, and then basically, if you got on the private charter, once you got into Edmonton, you were going to have to stay at a separate hotel, quarantine for five days there, like not even see each other so just like five days get uber eats like brought right up to your door and like or I think actually you had to go down with your mask on obviously and get it from the door um and yeah that's the only time you could have out of your room just like five days of like hotel room not leaving and then once that was three negative COVID tests you had to do that yeah three like up the brain tests um and then uh then the guys you couldn't even go into the guys hotel if you went there for them they could come stay at your hotel so it would kind of like pull them away from their teammates right so it was just it was just a really kind of not ideal situation um and the unfortunate part was that um this wives and the girlfriends from the united states they weren't approved to go into canada like they weren't the our government just hadn't made a decision yet but it was getting close to crunch time and they're like well what are we going to do and then you know we had long talks about it and people are like it really isn't fair if, you know, I think there was only seven of us from Canada, six or seven that got to go and then say the guys win, these seven guys are celebrating with their wives and girlfriends and the others are just kind of like, okay, so my family's not here. So it's just, it wasn't really ideal. Um, And then someone had the idea they're like well why don't we just go to Tampa we can be there for them when they get back we can be there for the celebrations um the only unfortunate part was for us Canadians we're like ah, oh, there's going to be a two-week quarantine <laughs> waiting for us on the way back but mm-hmm. obviously it's a chance you got to be willing to take and um yeah so we went um I actually was in I had already, um, I was telling you earlier, I had already quarantined um, because we spend our summers in Michigan. So when Scott first left um, for playoffs, I came back into Canada. So I had already quarantined two weeks. And then this would mean another two weeks going back into Tampa. So I was kind of like, oh, so I waited until we were up three games till I went to Tampa. Um, So the girls, the girls were already having their watch parties and everything. And I was like, sorry, guys, like, I just want to make sure it's worth it before I go. Because, you know, God forbid Dallas went up for, you know, three, three games. And then, you know, I'm I'm like, oh, what did I come to the States for? So I made sure that we had a really good chance before Uh I went. Um, so I flew in the Saturday, um, and their game was Saturday night, um, and they didn't win that one. So they had a game two days later, um, on the Monday, and that was the game that they won. And, um, we 
had a watch party and it was just insane. (laughs) (laughs) I saw some videos. I was like, damn, that looks fun. It was crazy. And it was actually like, it's funny because when Scott, um, he didn't really get up too much with Tampa. He went to Sweden with them um, for the NHL global series, which was really cool um, because obviously being so far away, they're like, we need a backup goalie just in case anything happens. So I had never been up to Tampa. I didn't know anyone. Um, The only girl I knew is I actually grew up with both of our guys play on Tampa and we grew up in this small town, Uxbridge, Ontario, and our brothers played on the same hockey team growing up. So like, it's funny because I didn't know anyone, but I had like a really close friend on the team. So that no was way, like, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, this was like a different scenario to meet people too, because, you know, all the girls have been together literally the entire season. Like this was the last possible chance I could have met everyone. Um, and you know, they're all in their Tampa stuff and everyone was in a good mood. So it was, it was really good. Like as soon as I got there, they're like, all right, new kid, do a shot. So that kind of, you know, like broke the bread in a sense. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was wild. Like, you know, just obviously sitting down, watching the game with them, not too much talking about, you know me because obviously the game was on but um yeah as soon as the guys won it was like we were all just like a family like something like that happens and you're you're just bonded so that's so exciting so then so they won and then they the guys all came back to Tampa and you guys had your celebrations there yes yeah it was it was crazy like um we partied hard that night um I was probably well deserved (laughs) of course right um and I was you know knew I had to somehow get myself back to the hotel whereas like a lot of the girls uh, we watched it at um Braden Point's girlfriend's or Braden Point's house um and his girlfriend hosted and um so super like beautiful house there was a nice pool so just like you know the atmosphere was insane um the guys won and you know all the guys like after they had hoisted the cup um they started facetiming their girlfriends and stuff so it was just like you know being around this room like you just had goosebumps right like it was insane we popped champagne girls were jumping in the pool I was like I got an uber back to the hotel I don't know if he'll let me in like soaking wet so I still partied but I was I was dry um, <laughs> and then um yeah I think I got back to the hotel at like two I think some of them obviously that lived closer were partying a little bit longer but like Scott said he's like I didn't get to bed until four there were some guys that didn't get to bed until six so it was really funny because the next day the plan was to go to the arena Um, we there was like all the families that were there too it wasn't just the wives and girlfriends Um, and they had the team buses that took us to the arena to meet up with the guys and it was this was like the first kind of like taste that I was like oh my gosh it was this is actually real um they had a police escort for us to the arena so they had like these cops on their little motorcycles and like they almost looked like power rangers or something like they were whizzing across the roads like they would whiz up a few streets like block up the roads and then obviously people in tampa knew what was happening so cars would be like honking they had their cell phones out the window and we're like oh my gosh this is so cool and then one of the girls was like uh like 10 minutes into our drive we're like they're getting really excited and she's like I bet they think that we're the guys right now. <laughs> like, true, that makes sense because the windows are all tinted, and we're all like, "Yeah, they're so fun for us." But, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they're like they probably. I wonder if like any of them check their video footage after, and like maybe if they zoomed in, and they're like, "Hmm, that doesn't look like the guy." Yeah. <laughs> 
but um but no it was it was so cool and just like hearing you know all the car horns and like just seeing everyone you know with their hands out the window and stuff and um yeah and then we pulled up to the airport and of course that was crazy too because you know a lot of the Tampa fans know okay this is where their jet lands so their fans were just lined up um so we waited and it was actually perfect because that day it was so rainy and then like it was like as soon as we got off the bus because we heard that the guy's flight was like close um the sun kind of came out um so it was like sunny it was really windy though and because of the tampa humidity like probably the funniest part was when we all got to the arena that day to like get on the buses all of us were dressed to the nines our hair was done our makeup was done we were like we haven't seen our guys in a few months it's going to be lots of photo ops today but then the tampa humidity mixed with this like wind on this airport tarmac <laughs> oh, no. were insane like all of us were just like okay like how bad is it like you're like i know i'm not looking good but yeah we were like i had like a purse i had this little mini purse brush and i think probably all of us used it like we're just passing it around like okay try and like have some semblance of like you know what we looked like earlier today <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. I feel like that's like when you get ready to go out at night and then you see yourself in a picture, you're like, wait, I swear I looked cute when I left the house. What happened? <laughs> Literally, like all of us were like, okay, whatever. Um, so anyways, uh, the guys got off the plane and it was so funny. You could just tell like they were, you know, feeling so dead. Like I can't, I think Scott said it was like a five hour flight, but that's not enough to catch you up on like all the partying you did that night. Right. Even if you slept the whole time. So they were looking a little bit rough, a really grisly, obviously they had the <laughs> flow and the beards. I was actually kind of nervous. Like I saw Scott like walking off the plane and I was like, this is, you know, my husband. And he's so grisly and he's just so like I don't know he's it was just kind of like a surreal moment because you're just so used to spending all your time with him and then three months I don't even know if we did like I think probably two months was the longest we did long distance when we were first dating so especially to do that after I've been living with him for two years now like it felt so long and I had gotten so used to kind of living my life without him so yeah like I, I hugged him and I just kept like poking him I'm like are you real are you really here <laughs> it was so sweet to see um the guys especially like the guys um with kids there too it's just like you looked around that um tarmac and there was just like you know coaches families staff families players families and like everyone like all of these guys had been gone for so long and it was just such like a special moment and then obviously like the really small kids were like being put in the cup and stuff and it was just like oh, it's so just such a wholesome moment like it was hard to actually like concentrate on each other when just like all around you everyone was just like you know feeling so much love uh-huh yeah it's probably so surreal so once they got back from so they got in, I'm assuming, did you guys have like a night off to relax or was it just like go no. time? <laughs> no, I wish, like I am not what I used to be uh, when I was in university. I'm oh like, God, quite no. the opposite now. Takes weeks to recover. <laughs> um, literally. So yeah, um, no, we basically, it was, it was actually really cool. Um, from the airport, they had like these um, open air trolleys, like that they just like did down um, the windows of these like trolleys, um, which I guess are like a big, you know, part of Tampa, the city, they have these trolleys that go around. 
So we all filed onto these trolleys and then people lined the streets for like the whole 20 minutes that it took to take us back to the arena. And people were with signs and, um, you know, just cheering again with their phones, this time obviously not disappointed because the guys were there. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so it was just, it was, this was kind of the moment where you're just like, oh my God, this is like so real. And, you know, we brought this back to this city, um, especially in such, you know, a dark year, obviously it's, it's nice to have something to celebrate about. Um, and then once we got back to the arena, it was immediately an on ice um, celebration with the cup. Um, they had what they did for this, I believe, was they had like season ticket holders, um, friends, family, um, and they kind of like sold, I think, a few like a bunch of tickets to fans, but they kind of sectioned off the arena. Um, so you were kind of sitting, I guess, with like your group. Um, so they tried to do that in terms of like COVID, I guess, but obviously they didn't pack the arena, mm -hmm, but um, mm -hmm. yeah. And then all the guys hoisted the cup. Um, they did, you know, some really long speeches, just thanking obviously everyone for being a part of it. And then they allowed us to go down onto the ice and have our kind of like photos with the cup and whatnot. Um, and you think that that would be like the end of the day, but then of course, like they're like, all right, like party at this guy's house. So <laughs> that night was actually funny because you know you expect it to be crazy but it was probably one of like if not the most chill hockey party I've been to because you could tell like these guys are just exhausted they just obviously party their faces off the night before and I think more than that a lot of them just wanted to be with their families so like the cup yeah. was only there I believe until 11 o'clock or midnight and everyone pretty much we you know Scott and I showed up I think just before 11 and I think most people ended their night around one like it was kind of just more of like okay we should go out like it was more of like a formality kind of thing you're like I don't want to not party but once you got there it was just kind of like yeah like sip on this white claw like it wasn't like hardcore shots yeah I know I feel like the end of the season there's always so many festivities and it's like they just go on and on and on I'm like guys I cannot hang like I yeah. <laughs> like no. I, I used to be able to do this I cannot do it anymore but I mean you guys had to celebrate and then you had the boats the water oh parades. my god yes that was so I obviously like as a Canadian, I was feeling a little bit anxious about that. Um, but I, I will say that Tampa did try, um, they had such like a good thought behind the boat parade, like what their intention was, was for us to be in small boats, obviously, and then for the fans to kind of gather in small boats. But of course, you know, the fans are going to line the streets too. Like, why would you not? So for me, obviously, I was like, oh, this is a little bit iffy. But I think the Florida governor had just opened up the entire state, like a few days prior to them winning. So it was kind of like, you know what, people are just doing whatever their leadership tells them to do. So I kind of was like, Brit, get over this. This is once in a lifetime. And yeah, it was absolutely like, it was probably I think all of our favorite event of, um, you know, the celebrations. It was like, we filed on this boat and they were just small boats. Like I think obviously Stamkos, Hedman um, and Shen, they were on this like huge, like really cool boat, but they obviously had the cup on theirs. And then the rest of us were kind of just on like a mix of like, you know, smaller, like fishing boats. I don't really think anyone was on any speed boats. Cause obviously it was just, for, <laughs> you know, you're just putt putting along. Right. Um, but yeah, it was like the, the weather was perfect. Like we were kind of 
you know, worried about the weather because obviously like midday, kind of early afternoon in Tampa and in Florida, obviously, um, there's always thunderstorms. There's always rain. Like that's when it's going to be. But it was just like perfect weather. So we were on a boat actually with the girl that I knew growing up, growing up and um, Scott's really close with her boyfriend. So it was just like we had a good group. Um, just we had the ox going. We had um, a fan even came up. It was it was so funny. There were fans in a boat that was close to us. And I think one of the guys was like, oh, I'm so hungry. Because like, that's the one thing with all the drinking and just going from one thing to the next. It's almost like eating takes last priority. <laughs> so this one of the guys, it was either Mitch or Scott uh, was like, oh, I'm so hungry. And this fan was like, do you want some chicken? <laughs> and we're like, do you have chicken? And she's like, yeah, we got some fried chicken. So we're like, sure. So this, like they park their boat beside ours and they give us this like unopened box of like that really good, you know, like the grocery store, like fried chicken. Like, oh, it was. <laughs> yes. So it perfectly hit the spot. And I was just like, that is such like, you know, just a positive thing to the day. Like just people just being so nice <laughs> and just like everyone having a good time. Giving you chicken. chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's sustenance too, right? Like, I'm like, chicken's good. Like, you know, we've been drinking a lot. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, no. And then once it started, it was just insane. And we actually, it was funny because we were beside um, the boat that had the cup for a while, which was awesome because obviously the crowds are going wild. They, th those guys were hoisting it all night. Like, I went up to Stamkos at the end of the night and I was like, how are your arms? And he's like, I feel like I just did like a, a whole body workout because they're like, squatting it pushing it up above their head oh I'm sure um, yeah and um so we our boat was beside theirs for a while but then somehow like our the driver of our boat he just got us out in front and we're kind of like eh, like we're not really like the focal point of the team like not really sure how to feel about it but because we were like the first boat in the parade people were going nuts just because it was like oh my gosh they're here so like <laughs> Scott like my friend's boyfriend too he was um up and down between the age show this year too and the fans were just like yeah like Wedgwood Stevens come over here so we would like you'd literally just like throw your hands up and people would like cheer and scream like you felt like almost like you were royalty like Tampa royalty at that point <laughs> Um, and it was funny too, because a lot of people brought their dogs and they were all making fun of me because like, I'd be like, I love your dog. And then they'd be like, Oh my God, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was more of like a dog parade for me, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, right. it was, it was insane. And there were like police boats that were making like on the water right beside us, making sure everything was okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how many miles it was, but it was a long parade. Like we were, we were like done after this. And then straight from there, um, we got on the trolleys again and went to um, the, the football stadium that the Buccaneers play at for kind of the same celebration that they did on ice, but just so that they could have more people um, in a more open area. Um, which was like so funny because these guys obviously were drinking so much on the boats that you could noticeably tell that like at the football stadium, they were all hammered and a lot of them had to do speeches, but it kind of became like a lot of them I saw just like on hockey meme pages, like they became memes, right? And it's just so funny because yeah. these guys are just so happy, no filter, just like so proud to have done this and just like yeah they all they wanted to do was party so it was that that uh second day was probably the best I feel like at the time it was probably hard to not go and 
see that game live. But looking back, I feel like that was the best possible outcome for the situation because they came back right away to celebrate with you guys. And Mm -hmm. maybe if you were up there, it would have been, you know, trickier for people to like, okay, well, what's next? Like you might not have been able to stay as long. So I love that you guys all stuck together and you were able to celebrate with just the girls and then the guys came and it just sounds like such a fun week. And like you said, that's in the first few months of being married and you can tell your kids someday, like, yeah, we got to do all this. We won the Stanley cup in the first few months of our marriage. Like how cool is <laughs> yeah, that? I know that I, that's the thing. It's like, you know, 2020, um, definitely, you know, I love to travel, um, all my friends are from all over the place. So, you know, there's a lot of things that it's taken away, but yeah, to be able to say that, like, you know, we had a small, we literally had one witness at our wedding, but still we got married. We won the Stanley cup in the same year, this year that's had so much hardship, obviously, um, is amazing. And, um, the final night of, um, our celebrations, it really was only three days. Um, because a lot of guys, I think, obviously it was such a different experience, right? Like I feel like in previous, um, teams and in previous years, obviously the celebrations go on for forever, but because they knew that people wanted to be with their families, all the Canadians, which there's a lot of them on the team Mm -hmm. had two weeks of quarantine waiting for them. They really tried to like pack it together. Um, so the Thursday night, um, the kind of last night, um, it was a team dinner and it was such like, it was perfect way to end it because it was just intimate. It was just the guys and their wives. And they rented out this restaurant that was beautiful. It was like lit and like blue. It was like a wedding style table. It was almost like a little like oval style table. And um, our captain, Stamkos, gave this like amazing speech. And he basically just said like, you know, thanks so much to the people in this room. Like obviously these last few days have been crazy, but like you guys are the ones that we really want to celebrate with. Like you guys are the ones that have allowed us to reach our dream. And yeah, it was just kind of a nice send off because we knew that the following few days people would be leaving and stuff. So it was, it was, it was weird because obviously I was the newest one to the team, but it did. It felt like we were leaving with like a family. So yeah, I'm sure that that experience really bonds everyone, right? Like it's, that's something that you don't get every day, every year, even ever in your career so yeah yeah exactly and that's that's why I came too because I was really hesitant about it at first like I said to Scott I was like I don't know like you know you know if you were playing every game obviously if this quarantine wasn't waiting for me like there were a lot of reasons that I thought were valid for me not to go and I was like you know I don't know when the next time I'm going to see my family is maybe I should just stay with them but when they won um the conference finals, Scott just said the atmosphere was so crazy there. He's like, I want you to come because I'm never going to be able to describe this to you. Like, he's like, even, you know, no matter what I say, you need to be there to actually like see how special this is. So yeah, I'm like, you know what, two weeks of quarantine, like that's obviously that whole experience is like, you know, you take it with you for the rest of your life. Totally. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and just being so open, sharing your experience. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yeah, I look forward to hearing, obviously, all the podcasts coming up. And yeah, if anybody wants to be friends, you know, I'm easy to find on Instagram. So yeah. Yes. What's uh, your handle? Oh, uh, it's Brittany uh, with three T's. So B-R-I-T-T-T-A-N-Y last name English. I haven't changed it yet. I'm not changing it until after the actual ceremony so (laughs) thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed that episode don't forget to subscribe rate and review see you next week